0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord. Gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Bless Hello there, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, middle of the week. Christ it is the middle of the week, soul. and we're in the middle of a lengthy discussion on Psalm 22.
1: lengthy discussion on this lengthy psalm but we're going to read i want to read it again this time from the csb let's hear it my god my god why have you forsaken me why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning my god i cry by day but you do not answer by night yet i have no rest But you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you rescued them. They cried to you and were set free. They trusted in you and were not disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by men and despised by people. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads. He relies on the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let the Lord deliver him since he takes pleasure in him. You took me from the womb making me secure while at my mother's breast. I was given over to you at birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. Do not be far from me, because distress is near and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong ones of Bashan encircle me. They open their mouths against me, lions mauling and roaring. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are disjointed. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength is dried up like baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You put me in the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me. A gang of evildoers has closed in on me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. People look and stare at me. They divided my garments among themselves, and they cast lots for my clothing. But you, Lord, don't be far away. My strength, come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my very life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will proclaim your name to my brothers. I will praise you in the congregation. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. All you descendants of Israel, revere him. For he has not despised or detested the torment of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from him, but listened when he cried to him for help. "'I will give praise in the great congregation because of you. "'I will fulfill my vows before those who fear you. "'The humble will eat and be satisfied. "'Those who seek the Lord will praise him. "'May your hearts live forever. "'All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. "'All the families of the nations will bow down before you, "'for kingship belongs to the Lord. "'He rules over the nations.'" All who prosper on earth will eat and bow down. All those who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Even the one who cannot preserve his life, descendants will serve him. The next generation will be told about the Lord. They will come and tell a people yet to be born about his righteousness,
0: what he has done. Powerful, 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 powerful. So I know this psalm is one that uh, I said I said a couple of uh, episodes ago surely sounds familiar to people not just the opening line uh, but but throughout if you're a reader of the psalm I bet this one sticks in your mind but I think the reason why it's going to sound familiar is because quotations are made all over the New Testament from this psalm this psalm very important to the earliest
1: Christians it was and is a picture of Jesus on the cross mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. coming out of the tomb yeah it's it's both there isn't it and so we we have to back up how do how do we get there and for me this is another one of those psalms that we keep saying and we talked a little bit about it on monday well boy, I'm having a really hard time finding some place in the life of David where this really applies. I mean, I know he had some hardships. We talk about when Saul was after him, and you mentioned the other day when the...
0: He was fighting the Amalekites, but Ziklag... uh, He was was fighting at Ziklag, but Amalek came in at it (laughs) backwards
1: again. (laughs) Yeah, Amalek comes in and, and takes his wives while he's gone, and the men are against him. And then I was talking about the 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 time when God Himself sends the plague because of the census census. you know here are places where David can feel forsaken but but boy this this lament is extreme yeah there's not a place in David's life where he was poured out like wax and all his bones were out of joint or excuse me poured out like water and all his bones were out of joint his heart was like wax I mean that is extreme and even you know this idea of everybody who's around me is wagging their head. This is extreme. It, yeah, and it, the mocking. Oh, yeah. So, but then on the other side of this, by the way, there's this extreme praise. I don't know of a deliverance in David's life that caused not only his family and his people to rejoice, but the entirety of the world to rejoice.
0: No, I think that's a that's a really great point to see that this is there is something greater. There's something greater in store. And so, even
1: as we and we should. Mm-hmm. we should try to figure out, okay, how does this apply to David? Because that's that's how it becomes a part of our prayer life. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want us to skip over the worship aspect of this psalm and jump to the prophecy because I wanted to make sure we could worship with this psalm. But as we are worshiping with it and we're considering David's life, there is this big red flag that says, but this, this just doesn't sound like anything David actually, truly, literally went through. And we come back to this place where, mm-hmm. like Paul and Peter would say, but brethren, we Mm -hmm. look back at the life of David and we understand that this isn't fully what he went through. It really causes us to look for someone else. It causes us to look for someone who ultimately really experiences this.
0: And it doesn't take us far to look. They make more. You talked about Peter and Paul and those New Testament preachers in the Book of Acts, and certainly the Gospel writers. We really, we really see David as prophet in those writings. Sure. I mean, he he is the king, and and certainly it's through his line uh, that we receive King Jesus. But David is prophet because in these Psalms they they said this was about Jesus and and they tie the works of Jesus and the events of Jesus' life as fulfillments of these prophecies. Yes. You know, part of arguing Jesus from the scripture would be opening up the scroll of the Psalms and say, Read this. Jesus did that. Read this. Jesus was that. That's how you argued from the scriptures.
1: And here's this thing that all our lives we've read about David and we've known. Well, I mean, this is This is figurative. This is metaphor. This is hyperbole. This is exaggeration. But guys, what we're actually showing you is there's somebody who really did this. Yeah. Now I understand there's still some figure even in applying it to Jesus, because when Jesus was on the cross, it wasn't actually bulls of Bashan surrounding him and it wasn't actually lions and dogs. So I, I, I I recognize there's still the poetic figure going on here, but, but this, this description, this is way more Jesus on the cross than it's David anytime in his life. And so what can be said about David in exaggeration Mm -hmm. gets said about Jesus literally. yeah, And that is the powerful thing. And we see that actually over and over and over
0: again in the Psalms. So one of those literal moments, I look at Psalm 22, verse 8. All right, He, he talks about how they've surrounded him to ridicule him. He trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. And then to come and read some of the gospel accounts where it is these Pharisees and these teachers, those men who should know the Scripture so well, saying these very things. Matthew twenty seven forty three at the crucified Christ, and it's always struck me that you know how how how, how could they say that? with yeah. <laughs> without realizing. Without realizing. Who, who says that in yes. this in the psalm? Yes. It's incredible.
1: Well, one of the other ones, and this one to me is the most powerful, is the recognition, Psalm twenty two eighteen, where it talks about, for my clothing, they cast lots, they divided it up. And we see that happening at the foot of the cross, Matthew 27 yeah. and verse 35. Yeah. And I know you and I have talked before, even about this psalm, uh, when microphones aren't on, and this is the one that we've talked about, where it's like, I'm trying to figure out. What would be going on in David's life where that particular thing was yeah. happening? Yeah, um, you know, I, I could That's see it. Question. I could see it happening with that deal at Ziklag. Uh, excuse me, with the Amalekites coming while David's attacking Ziklag. I, I could see that happening because it's the idea of they've raided and they've just taken David's stuff and his men's stuff and they're dividing it up. So, okay, maybe we've got something like that. But wow, what a weird way to say it! For my clothing, they're casting lots. It and is then, a weird way, to say and that. then we see it happening at the foot of the cross.
0: Yeah, well, they, and Matthew wants to give the detail about the lovely robe that Jesus had. Yeah, so here's
1: yeah. you know they're 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 casting lots for for this. Of course, Jesus himself quotes it: "My God, my God, why yep. have you forsaken yep. me?" There on the cross, and I, I, you know, what I often do with that. I know people start arguing: "Well, what, what's he doing? Is he quoting the psalm, or is he expressing that he's been forsaken?" And my answer to that is. Yes. <laughs> he quotes the psalm because the quote from the psalm fits what fits. he's going fits through. The situation, it yeah. fits the situation. And I think that's really powerful. This this picture of I'm poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It's mm-hmm. melted within my heart. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. This is brutal, but it's actually a really good picture of what happens when somebody's crucified.
0: Yeah, it really is. You see what a what a horrible horrible painful death this would be. And we do remember that the Lord cried out, "I thirst."
1: I thirst. Yeah. yeah. And I, I that one's actually a really fascinating one to me in John 19:28 and John as he records that actually says he cried this out in order to fulfill scripture.
0: <laughs>
1: now, there's no there's no passage in scripture that says the Messiah is going to be on the cross and cry out, "I thirst." Mm-hmm. But we do have a passage in scripture that says I was dehydrated. Yeah. I, you know, my I, it was so it was my so much so that my tongue to my... stuck to the roof of my mouth. Now, I do know this that their reaction to this also fulfills Psalm 69, 21, where they bring sour wine. In Psalm 69, 21, it talks about them giving him poisonous food and sour wine to wow, drink. Okay. And so some might say, well, that that whole deal is actually fulfilling Psalm 69, 21. However, here's where that puts Jesus. That puts Jesus on the cross calculating to say something that is going to manufacture a fulfillment of another passage. And I don't think that's what's happening. I think what's happening is I thirst is a fulfillment of this description in Psalm 22, their reaction was a fulfillment of and psalm 69 21 yeah and that, that we see this happening again and again one of the most powerful though actually moves beyond what's in the crucifixion and that's when we get to hebrews chapter 2 and verse 12 yeah where the hebrew author wants us to know that this psalm jesus fulfills the psalm on the lament side jesus fulfills this psalm on the praise side
0: yeah from psalm 22 verse 22 i will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly i will praise you and in hebrews two twelve, the Hebrew writer
1: says, that's Jesus. That's, that's Jesus right. who's doing that. He is he is praising his name before the
0: brethren. It is such a powerful, powerful thing. After conquering death. That's in that same passage in chapter <laughs> yeah. two, where he talks about breaking the power of Satan by conquering death.
1: Let me drill down and bring the why I think this is really important. Uh, why I think it was important for us to remember in the first co- couple of conversations that this is about David and can be about us and we can pray it and then come to the prophecy. The, the reason why I think that is important. Is because when I understand that, mm-hmm. I realize that what Jesus did was not merely fulfill a prophetic foretelling. David didn't sit down and write on a page, there's going to be a guy someday who goes through this, and then Jesus fulfilled it. What we find is, here's David in his life, and he's going through that. What Jesus fulfills is not just the words of David, he fulfills the life of David. What David's entire life was pointing to, Jesus fulfills. And that actually becomes even more significant when I go back and look at Psalm 22, beginning at verse 3. Yet you are wholly enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted, they trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried, and were rescued. In you they trusted, and were not put to shame. Because what David is pointing out is that he, as king of Israel, is going mm. through what Israel has been through again and again and again. And God delivers him as he did Israel. Jesus is not just fulfilling a a foretelling. Mm -hmm. He's not just fulfilling words. He is walking in the footsteps of David and Israel. He is fulfilling all of David's history. He is fulfilling all of Israel's history. It is profound. It is amazing. And then that gets us to this one little twist. Mm -hmm. Here's the difference. Whenever Israel or David would cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, I'm going to tell you, they were going to find out. And whenever the fathers cried out, we just went through judges at the end of last year. Yeah, we did. When our, they were crying that out, why were they crying it out? Yeah. Because they were sinners. Mm-hmm. You know, why were, why hey, we fast and you don't listen. Why? That's, of course, after David. But what's because you're sinners? Right. It's because you're sinners. Yeah. When Jesus cried this out, it wasn't because he was a sinner. It's because I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. And wow. And David, or excuse me, Jesus Jesus goes through the death that David never really went through, that Mm -hmm. Israel never really went through. And he fulfilled it in powerful ways. And I needed him Mm to. Because when I say this, it's because of my sin. Mm -hmm. We got to wrap up. We'd love to hear what you're getting out of this psalm and and any other reading that you're doing right now. Send us a message. Christians, uh, excuse me, text talk at Christiansmeethere.org. Andrew, wrap us
0: up with a prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for this psalm. It's amazing to see uh, the power of your prophecy. So many different details that Jesus fulfilled uh, fully and literally uh, in a matter of hours. But God, we see that death was conquered and a resurrection and joy and a great feast. And we thank you that by the gospel we can participate in that. It's good news to tell our children, our children's children, to the ends of the world for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.